0: All right, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you this morning. My name is Chris Pate. For those of you that are new, I'm the lead pastor here and very happy to have you. Glad that you're here. Everybody feeling good? Yeah? Yeah? All right. All right, right. Nice cold weather we got here. So uh, the the, the summer is coming. Uh, The opposite of uh, the winter is coming. The summer is coming. Just be ready. So, hey, we're starting a new series today called DNA. DNA is the code of life. The thing that constructs and make you who you are. It gives you your eye color, your gender, your specific things, that the qualities of who you are. And as we're talking about that, we're talking about not just who you are, but it's going to relate. Because we're going to talk about who we are. Because we is better than me. And we're trying to get people constantly from a me mentality, to an individualistic mentality to a corporate we mentality because we are better together and you can accomplish way more when you have vision and purpose in your life that is beyond you. And DNA and what we're going to talk about today, you're, you're kind of at a staff meeting today here, okay? You're, we're going to have a vision. We're going to talk about who we are or what we're doing. So it's a little bit different Sunday. Um, but then the next following Sundays, we're going to kind of increase and go into the Word a little bit more. Today, though, I know one thing about you. And I know everybody in this room. I don't care where you're from. I don't care your ethnicity. I don't care your background. Every person in this room wants their life to be full of meaning. I had the uh, unfortunate opportunity to attend my stepmother's uh, funeral. She passed away from cancer a few years ago back, and uh, it, was a, it was a tough funeral. She's 53 years old and, uh, you know, watching family and going through all that. And we, were, I had to, we had to go to Arkansas, and it was a really tough time. But funerals are sobering times you could think of a funeral or you've ever been to a funeral, they are sobering because you're sitting there and you're thinking about and you're talking about that person's legacy, that person's why, that person's purpose and the things that they did and accomplished in this earth. And the thing with my stepmom, she knew she was fading and she knew it was coming. So they actually videotaped her talking to each of our kids to myself, to her kids, all of her grandchildren, to people specific in her life. She got to share kind of final words. And then we, of course, had gathered and shared things about her and how amazing she was. She had over a thousand people attend her funeral. And it was a powerful time. And again, a sobering time. Because while you're sitting there, you're going, what do I want people to say about me? if I had to think about people lining up and they had to say what they were thankful for in my life, I hope it matches my walk right now. But so many times our purpose doesn't really match what we're saying we're about. So many times we say, this is what I'm after. And yet if we look at our lives, we go, I don't think you're getting there. I don't really know if you are there and it's important to know your purpose, but it's even more important to have a life full of meaning and passion that everyone wants. It's even more important that it's not just about you. We know if you have a mission statement, which we're going to talk about in a second, what our churches is, but if you personally like, have a mission statement and you have a passion and you're going after something and you're saying, this is what I'm about. This is where I'm heading. This is the kind of person I want to be and I want everybody to know this and I want to reflect something that if it's just about you at the end of the day, that's all you have to offer anybody else is yourself. And yet purpose should not just be about you. Because if that's all it is, that's a scary, scary place to be. There's actually five things that are consequential in our life that we need to think about and ask these questions. And here's, here's some five questions. Number one, where did I come from? Or where did we come from? We believe the Bible answers this question. Number two, who am I? Like what what am I about? Or who are we? The next one, why am I even here? That's the purpose question. That's the meaning question. The next one, where am I going then? And then the last one, how should I live as I go about my life? The morality question. And we all have to think about these questions, and yet it's so easy to get distracted because purpose has a price. Tell your neighbor, and say purpose has a price. That's right. Tell your spouse that. You're welcome. See, because purpose forces me to say no to some things, even if they're beneficial to me right now, in order for me to get where I'm going to go so I can say yes to that thing. Purpose is out there, and I'm trying to get to that place. And so along the way, I might have to look at my life and evaluate my life and go, is that really what I'm about? Is that what I'm living about? Let me give you an example of that. I read an article recently of a CEO from CVS Pharmacy named Larry Merlot back in 2014. They realized that their mission statement and everything that they were passionate about was health and bringing health to the consumer and health to America in all of their CVS stores. And then they looked at their products It said, do our products bring health? And they realized one of our number one sellers is tobacco products. And it's not a secret that tobacco is bad for you or cigarettes are bad for you. I'm not here to judge you, but it's not helping your life right now. okay? And you know that. You've seen the commercials, some scary commercials. And they realized, you know what, as long as we say we're about health, And yet we still sell things that are deteriorating people's health. We are not about our purpose. And listen, it costs them $2 billion annually to say we're not going to have tobacco products anymore in our CVS. Because purpose costs. You have to say no to something in order to get to what you say you're ultimately about. And there's a sacrifice. And the end cannot be you. See, if the CEO said, the end is my products, my, my money is my purpose and my things, he would have never said no to $2 billion. Yeah. But because he had a purpose beyond him, greater than him, not just about him, he was able to say, we're going to take these off the shelves and not do this anymore. Even though it's going to cost me in the short run, and the long run, it's worth it because it's about our purpose. And the, here's some quotes of him talking and saying about this. He says, "This doing this act of getting rid of tobacco products positions us for future growth, even though right now it might not be advantageous, right? And the opportunity to play a bigger role in our evolving healthcare system. We wanna make everything more healthy. Look at what he says. I think everybody came to the right decision in this. It's a real contradiction to talk about the things we're doing with people to help them on their path to better health and at the same time sell tobacco products. Again, many people thought he was crazy, and yet they did it. And you see the cost and yet the benefit in the long run. But listen, it didn't come out of just a random conviction, but just looking at their very mission statement for their company. And saying, it needs to be bigger than just about me. See, those who devote themselves to themselves will ultimately have nothing but themselves to show for themselves. And at the end of the day, well, my life was just about me. No one wants that funeral. No one wants to be a part of that life where it's just about me. And yet, how often do we live our life where it is See, at the same time, if you devote yourself to be more about someone else, at the end, you have more than yourself to show for yourself. So many of us are looking for the thing that I'm called and the purpose that I'm called to do when maybe it's not about what you're called to do, but maybe it's about someone you're called to serve. Maybe your life isn't, well, I'm just a parent. All I do is I'll just just oh, just every day I'm just parenting and it's hard. Or every day I just go to work. I'm just making a paycheck. Well, that's not bad. Like you want to eat and sleep indoors, right? Okay. So if my purpose is to eat and sleep indoors, now this job is not my purpose, but it's a mean to my purpose. And a lot of times the things in our life are merely means to our purpose instead of our purpose. Parenting it's not just, the, the hard part about parenting is not just the, the means, but the end of it is raising up children, is raising up children that have a solid foundation in who they are and in whose they are. It's about people at the end of the day. And if it's not about people and something greater than you, then life's just about you and no one, no one, I know this about you. I don't care if you love God, hate God, I don't care if you've ever been to church or not. No one at the end of the day wants to say, I don't care about anybody else's life's about me. Because I know this about you at the end of the life, at your life, you want people to line up and say positive and good things that they're thankful for you about. And that's the question. What would you want them to say about you? If they were having to say, I'm thankful for blank about you at your funeral, this helps us decide our purpose, know our purpose and move forward in our purpose. Proverbs 29:18 talks about vision and talks about purpose and it says this, when where there is no prophetic vision, like no godly inspired where I'm going, vision the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. The, the restraints get cast off when I don't have a clue where I'm going because I don't know what type of person or type of direction I'm trying to go into. And yet those purpose and that meaning ahead of me actually gives me restraint to keep me focused. And even sometimes at the cost of myself, just like this CVS owner, in order to get to my ultimate purpose. But see, when we don't have that, we're just like, yeah, whatever. One of the most purposeful people I know is my son Jackson. When he was little, he's a, he's a funny kid. We didn't know he was uh, diagnosed with autism until he was about three years old. But when he was little, I remember when we first tried to get his first haircut, it was so hard. If you know anything about autistic kids, um, they have sensory issues. And a lot of times we read about this later is that when, when the, the scissors are cutting their hair, to them... They feel it they it's like a, it's like you're literally cutting into their their veins, parts of who they are, their nerves, and so we went to get his first haircut, and it was all special, like first haircut, my wife takes him, and he's screaming bloody murder now that's not abnormal for kids. kids are hard work um, but yeah, but what i what we learned later is. Because of the sensory things with autism, we, 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 we learn, okay, this is a little bit more. He not only was screaming so much, he screamed so much. And it was like he was in pain that he threw up in the middle of the place. And we can't, we couldn't afford that anymore because the tipping, um, the hairdresser for that is like, oh, we're so sorry. So sorry. And my wife is like, I'm not taking him anymore. So then we're in our bathtub, like holding him and he's just screaming. We're just trying to cut his hair. We, we made him be Thor for Halloween, one Halloween, simply because we needed a purpose for his long hair. Like <laughs> not even joking. We're like, okay, he's just going to be Thor and this is going to work out. And so, It was a tough season. Well, we kept talking to him about haircut. After a while, he started getting a little bit better. I mean, it wasn't until he was like four and a half, maybe five years old. We started talking to him and we would ask him, are you ready to get a haircut? And one day he finally said, yes. And just last night, this reminded me of this. Last night I I asked him, I saw his hair. As I was giving him a bath, I said, are you ready for a haircut? And he looked at me and he goes, March 8th, Friday, eight twenty-four. Um, true story I'm like is March 8th even Friday yes this is also the interesting thing about autism they just know these things they just have like the numbers and the things and he'll do he does this all the time one day he kind of did doom and gloom days like this Saturday is a, is a bad day. It's going to be a bad day. And I won't even go into that. But he like <laughs> predicted it. Like this kid, he knows where he's going. <laughs> he has a purpose and we align with it a lot of times. Okay, well, 524 this Friday, I guess we're going to go get a haircut. We will do it because his mind is now set. No matter what, that's what I'm doing. Where are you in your purpose? How set are you? Are you willing to go through the pain and the cost even to get to it? Is it bigger than you? Is it more important than you? We're going to have a little staff meeting because I'm going to share with you our purpose and what we're about as a church and how it relates to you and where we're going. And we're going to try to give you some information. But I want to start with the purposes of God because God's purpose is greater than you. Our passion is to honor him and give him glory. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus has died and resurrects, and he gives us a purpose. Let me give you your purpose statement. If you're a believer in this room, here's if you're going, I don't know what I'm called to do. Jesus said, here you go. All authority, he says, I've got the power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, this in Greek means as you go. So not just like go to Africa and serve, go to another nation, but he says, as you're going about your daily life, here's what I want you to do. Make disciples of all nations, of all people, of all ethnicities, baptizing them, immersing them in the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe and obey all that, I have commanded you and I'm going to be with you even to the end of the age. He says, here's your purpose. Here's your mandate. Now you have a lot of purposes and you have businesses and you have your thing. But as you're going, the goal is greater and bigger than you. And just getting more money, feeling better, having your home and eating and sleeping indoors. That's great. But it's got to be greater than that. And it's people. And it's about reaching people. And it's about serving people because you're gonna be the most fulfilled and find your happiness when you're doing that. But it starts with recognizing him as the authority, Jesus, as God, saying, I wanna glorify you and whatever it takes to glorify you, I'll do whatever it takes. Life costs something to live by purpose. And Jesus comes in and says, I got you, I'm with you, but let's have a greater life than the one that's just about you. Let's make it about loving God and loving people. So I wanna show you, we do this thing in our church called a vision frame. You can go to the next slide. And a vision frame, I want you to picture a picture frame. Okay, and it's got four sides and then the picture's in the middle. And I'm gonna share with you what we're about, what we're doing, who we are. Um, And how we're doing is a kind of a state of the church. And then for the next several weeks, as we talk about DNA, we're going to kind of dissect that and what that means for you. But I want you to kind of settle in as we talk a little bit about the state of our church, who we are and what we're trying to do. So welcome to staff meeting. We're so glad you're here. Um, You will not get paid today, but the revolution has begun. We start when we talk about a vision frame, and this is helpful for your own life. If you're trying to develop who you are, your purpose, where you're going, this is helpful in your business. And this is how it goes. On the right side, next slide, you have mission. A mission is a clear and concise statement that describes what your church or your business or yourself is ultimately supposed to be doing. What am I supposed to be doing? Where am I going? What what am I doing this for? What's my mission? And here's the question, what are we doing? What are we doing as a church? The next thing in the frame is our strategy. And the question is, how are we doing it? It's not enough just to know where we wanna go or what we wanna look like, but then we have to establish some strategy or we'll never get there. The next thing is then our values. And the question here is, why are we doing it? Or how do we go about behaving as we do it? It's not enough just to accomplish something. We don't want to accomplish something and step on people and hurt people and be a jerk at the end of the day. Our character matters and how we go about doing it matters. And then the fourth step is what we would call mission measures. And the question is when are we successful? because that helps me celebrate along the way because the path is hard and what I'm trying to get to is really hard. So you have to have moments where you celebrate. Oh, I lost 10 pounds. There's a cheesecake. There's a selfie. Hey, right? Like I am celebrating where I've gone, what I'm doing. And I have some measures along the way to help me. How many of you guys know if you're an employee in a workplace and you don't know your ultimate job description and where you're going, or where you're going as a company, it's very frustrating. I'm doing this work. I don't know why. I don't know what it's benefiting. And along the way, there's nothing to celebrate. It's just the bottom line, make more money. That is a horrible mission. Horrible mission. And a selfish mission. And that doesn't get you up in the morning. But see, having it all together, you've got your mission. Where, what are we doing? How are we doing it? Why are we doing it? When are we successful? And then we look through the picture frame to get our vision proper. No, go back, go back, go back. To get our vision proper, which is in the middle of the frame. This is what we're looking at. And where is God taking us? Where is God taking me? And establishing these things in your life, in your company. And I'm gonna show you how we do this in our church. So now go to the next one. When we talk about mission, what are we doing? What's our passion at City Life Church? Why even show up for church? You're tired, you're exhausted, your kids were mean, your wife hit you, whatever it is this morning. Why even just come up here and get online and oh, I'm just worshiping, yes, Lord. Oh, Jesus, sorry. Like, why not? Why show up? Why get pretty and dressed up and wear cool blue jackets? Why do it? You got to have a mission. What am I building? Because that's what sustains me, even when it gets hard or when it gets mundane, because I know what I'm building ultimately I'm trying to get to. I'm learning this and working out. I did not want to work out four times this week. I did it four times. Every time I did it, I did not want to go, but I knew I'm building something, so I better go. Did I see anything right away? No. In fact... I didn't get any taller. I'm so mad. I keep thinking I'm going to do the stretching exercises, going for six foot. It's not going to happen, right? But what I am doing is I'm building something. I'm building a foundation because I know if I'm being consistent because where I'm trying to go, even if I don't feel it and don't like it. So mission is important. What is our mission then? Next slide. Our mission at City Life Church. We exist. Our purpose is to honor God, number one. I can't, I could spend forever just on on this right here, but we're gonna go fast. Honor God. We are passionate. We wanna honor you. We love you. We're thankful for your gifts. But our first and foremost is to honor God. But but we know if our vertical relationship with God is right, it affects our horizontal relationship with you. It absolutely works that way. So I wanna honor him. And in that, we're gonna bring honor to you. We're gonna love you. We're gonna set things up, but it's always gotta be him first. What does he want? What does his word say? Because that's what keeps me posted on where I'm going and what I'm doing. Honor God. How do we say we honor God then? Because every church should say, I want to honor God. If they don't run, right? Get away. I want to honor God. How do we do it? By doing these three things, establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. The beautiful thing about living in Houston, Texas is the nations come to us the most multicultural city in the nation is Houston, Texas. It's amazing, over 360 spoken languages in Houston, Texas. Did you know that? It's wild what we have here, not to mention the nations we're going to and what we're doing being a part of every nation as a global movement. Let me, let me parse this a little bit really quick. We wanna honor God by establishing Christ-centered. Christ-centeredness is not Christ's priority. When you say Jesus is number one, God is number one in my life, then you get up in the morning, you do your quiet time, and you do your thing, and then you go to your next thing, and now you're, 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 now you're taking care of me, and now I'm going to work, and now I'm doing my next thing. That is not how Christianity works. Jesus becomes the center that everything else revolves around like the sun and the planets that orbit it. And so the difference there is that now Christ is not just a number one priority and then I move on and compartmentalize my life and not think about him again since I did first his, his, my relationship with him. Now it's Christ is in the middle of it. So when I go to school, I want Christ and his character exemplified and be number one as I'm doing school. And when I go to work, I want who Christ is and how he worked and work into the Lord and the character in which everything now revolves around. When I think about my marriage, I'm just not just trying to be a good husband, but the center of my marriage needs to be Christ and who he is. That's the difference between priority and Christ-centeredness. And that's what a Christian is. Is someone who makes him the center of their life. And we orbit around him and what his will is, not the other way around. Christ, come into my life, come into my heart and orbit around my life. And God's going, You got this backwards, man. I'm God. So I drive, I don't ride. Shotgun. I drive. And that's what we want. That's what we want people in our heart and our church and our passion to be. The second thing is spirit empowered. Out of that, you're making Christ-centered and you realize I can't do this alone. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to help me and the gifts of the Spirit to help me. And so we acknowledge that and we need that and we move in that. And then lastly, if that is happening and Jesus is really the center of my marriage and my work and my hobbies and everything I do and the Holy Spirit is empowering me and leading me and with me as we saw In Matthew 28, that should put something in me to now start taking responsibility, not just for my own life, but for society at large. It should push you to more than you, to beyond you. Because once you're learning how to lead yourself, the next thing is leading others. And that's a natural progression of where we wanna go. And that's what we call a disciple, Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, social-responsible. And we want to build churches and then campus ministries. Our campus ministry right now is in Austin, Texas. They had a campus conference and we had a couple of students get saved, baptisms come in, a couple submit their life to full-time missions and, and ministry, which we're excited about because we're passionate about campus ministry and what we're doing here. But not only that, churches in general. So let's look at, let's look at the next thing. So that is our mission so the next question for us is, how do we do it? How do we go about doing it? And that's our strategy. And here's our strategy, what we call the four E's. Next slide. Four E's, here we go, right here, stay here. So discipleship for us, if we're supposed to make disciples, according to Matthew 28, a disciple is someone who's Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and then socially responsible. That's how we would define a disciple. But how we then make those disciples is the four E's. And number one, we want to engage and be a church that engages with culture and community. And I'm gonna tell you how we do that in a second. Number two, we wanna establish biblical foundations. Like the Bible needs to be the solid foundation that we do everything on. And we wanna help people after we've engaged them. We wanna establish them and then we wanna equip them. We wanna have you understand, have some tools to then be able to minister as a believer. So you're not just coming to a minister, but you're learning how to minister yourself. And then number four, we want to empower you, empower disciples to make disciples, to go out, not to feel like I'm not good enough, I don't have enough. No, you can and you you should because collectively what we can do all as light to the world is so much greater than just one individual that's paid to do it. And that's what Christianity is about, is employing people with the power and passion of God to go out and change the world one person at a time. And as a church, we're not trying to just engage you and have a good show. We're not trying to just get the Bible stuffed into you. We're not trying to just equip you. We're not trying to just empower you. But we're trying to do all that. Together. So, we want you to come and be a part and get equipped and come in, established, equipped, and ultimately empowered. So, here's how this looks. So, engage. We put almost everything in a category of what we do at City Life Church into one of these categories because we're trying to be strategic with how we're doing and what we're doing. So, for us, we engage culture and community through campus ministry. Through God tests, we've had our campus ministers do over 300 God tests in the last few weeks, seen a dozen or so people saved on campus right then and there, commit their life to Christ, which has been a powerful thing. If you don't know what the God test is, we'd love to share with you what it is. Our Sunday services are designed to engage. um, Affinity groups, are designed, our groups designed specifically to engage with culture and community and then our creative arts that we're trying to do more of is is designed specifically for this engagement. The next thing would be our establishing. How do we establish biblical foundations? Well, we have a thing called a one-to-one book. We have our foundations and purple book uh, classes that we started doing. We've got our connect class one that's going on right now. And we've got our city life groups. They're different from affinity groups, but our city life groups specifically, we get in the word, build community. We're trying to really settle in the foundation in the word of God specifically. The next thing. Is our equip Now that you're established, you've been engaged, you're established, we want to equip you now to ultimately do the ministry. And we do this through Every Nation conferences that we have. We do this through what we call an engaged training, equipping you on how to witness to the lost. Um, our I- I- Israel Biblical Study Tours, which we have about half a dozen people right now in Israel, which is exciting. That's a little bit more of a leap. Something we're going to be building next year, 2000. Uh, 20 is a Leadership 215. And if you're not familiar with this, this is a two-year program where we go through apologetics, hermeneutics, Old Testament, New Testament. And it's a two-year program where you can learn and get into the word of God, understand a little bit more. And it's an amazing opportunity to really go deeper into your understanding of the scripture. And so this is a program that we're working on and we'll be launching for those of you that say, you know what? I want more understanding of the Bible. That's where we're going with our equipping. The last thing, how we do this, how we go about our mission is we empower, we raise up leaders. Um, Just a few months ago, we raised up 32 new deacons and we're gonna continue to do that as we're growing. Um, SNL, if you don't know what that is, that's salt and light. And we call one local and one global. What that is, is the things that we're doing socially responsible uh, within our culture. So for instance, Hurricane Harvey, we raised over $200,000 and we've given all of, of, of about maybe $17,000 away. In fact, just a few months ago, <clears throat> because of your generous donations, we were able to write a $60,000 check to SBP and they're connecting us with the family. You're about to start hearing about this and we're going to go and we wish we could, we could help everyone because there's over 100,000 homes right now still affected by Harvey. Do you know that? Still dilapidated, still struggling. And, but, but we were able to give it to SBP, which is a nonprofit specifically for hurricane relief. And they're connecting us with one of their families that has about 10 kids. And our, our passion is, I wish we could, you know, help everyone, but we want to do for one what we wish we could do for everyone. And so what we're doing is we've, we're pouring in finance in this family and probably another family. We're going to be going monthly to their house, helping them out, encouraging them, using our finances, our resources as well as our strength to try to help them get back on their feet. Because that's what church should be about. It's not just about sitting here and getting something for yourself and feeling good and walking away, but it's giving of yourself to God. It's, it's your level of sacrifice and what we can do for God. It's not enough anymore just to say, God, fill, 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 because he wants you to empty that out, what he filled. He wants you to go. And so this is what we're doing, what we're going to continue to do. So that's kind of local as well as what we do with fighting human trafficking um, and, and other things that we're doing right now, orphan care, other things that we are continuing to do. SNL Global, this is 10 days mission trips. How many of you guys have ever been on a 10 days mission trip? We have more going on mission this year than we ever have. In fact, we have a team we're going to pray for at the end. Most of them are at conference right now, college students. But we have a team of about six going to Belfast, Ireland uh, for 10 days, leaving this Friday, I believe, at 524. Uh, just kidding. I don't know when they're leaving. But leaving this Friday and 10 days is, is a way to get off your blessed assurance and to step out. And to start doing something, and it's a good, just kind of, I wanna go on missions. I wanna, and we have missions all over the world through Every Nation Ministries that we're a part of to do 10 days. I got to take my son to Monterey, uh, Mexico and Baja, California last year, and it was life-changing. Wasn't it It so awesome being able to do that and get out of kind of the rut and go. The next thing we have is life year. And we have somebody, this is committing a whole year of your life to mission plus more if you're interested. And so we have these steps, 10 days, just do a little because you work and you have life. but getting that opportunity and then maybe if you're going I'm going to test the test the field a little bit more this is how we continue to empower people and then of course church planting our passion isn't just to build one big church but to go out and plant multiple churches if you don't know just to keep up with population growth the church in Houston Texas you might say there's churches everywhere there are but to keep up with population growth um, we need a hundred thousand more churches in Houston Texas to reach every man woman and child 100,000, true story. Um, And so we wanna plant more churches and we believe God's doing a resurgence and bringing bringing renewal and revival right now. I believe people are so going, what is going on? I I can't trust this, I can't trust that. And God's going, that's right, here I come. That's what I believe. And that's what we're gonna continue to see God move. So that's our four E's, let's keep going. I don't have time to hit everything. Next slide, go ahead but we're building our mission frame. Our values is our next. So now we've established what we're doing. How do we go about doing that? Our values, this is the behaviors we value as we go about doing it. And here's our values. We're gonna be talking more about each one of these um, in in our one church meetings coming up, but authenticity, boldness. We wanna be bold uh, in in everything that we do, especially uh, in times where it's easy just to sit back. Like we wanna go forward. Creativity diversity, excellence, and generosity. I could parse each one of those, but these are the things, these are behaviors that we value as we go forward as a church. Let's go to the next slide. Then what are our mission measures? How do we know? What are some specific goals we're going after? How do we know that we're achieving these things? Here, next slide. Here's some specific mission measures we're going after. I would like to see an increase this next year in 2019 of 50% of people participating in our SNL. I had some people last week or last service come up, man, tell me more about Hurricane Harvey Relief. I want to be involved. We're going to do that probably the third Saturday of every month. So just once a month, we continue our exchange ministry as well, which is our ministry of human trafficking. But I want to see that increase. We've seen it slowly decrease and people get busy and things go. We we want to see us continue on mission and we want to increase our social responsibility. Our our groups increase. In 2018, we only had 54% of our members actually attending a City Life group. We made it a goal to hit 75% and we hit 79% uh, of our members, just members attending groups because groups are important, community is important. So we were able to add more. Foundations, we're really asking all of our members to go through our foundations class. Um, We're gonna have three opportunities right now. We're continuing our foundations. You're welcome to come. Um, That's a a mission measure for us. How do we know we're hitting membership increase? We added 12 new members last week, and we are like to see at least 50 more for the rest of the year. And then 75% assimilation, which means going from first-time guests into what we're doing as a church, and specifically the four E's. We want to see that continuing to move. So here's the question. Go to the next one. Out of that then, now we've kind of established our frame as a church, where we are, where we're going. We get our vision. So where's God taking us? And I have two, one short-term and one long-term. Go to the next slide, please. Our immediate vision, we've been talking about this. I feel like God told us, I wanna grow you in intimacy, which means shared experience. And so that's why we added affinity groups last year. This is the two years, 2018 and 19. Um, We added rap sessions. How many of you guys got to go to our rap sessions? Awesome, you enjoy that? Um, Just a good opportunity to uh, converse and and talk and get some things done. We're going to do another one at the end of April. So we're going to continue to do those at least every six months. And then foundations and our Victory Day culture that we're trying to establish. Our long term is our Leadership 215 um, to plant a church by 2021. And then School of Empowerment is a whole thing I don't have time to go into because I'm running out of time. But let me look, let's go forward. Let me show you now, looking at the vision frame, get an idea of our church. Think about your own life even. What are you doing? How are you getting there? What are the goals? What do you value? Do you really, are you looking at your values? Are you looking at your character? What are some celebrate mission measures? And then you're gonna to get to your vision. This is what I'm about and where I'm going. And this is how we do it. So the question is, how are we doing? So I'm gonna give you numbers matter. And I'm gonna give you some numbers that tell story about us. And the first number is our attendance. Is this actually working or strategy working? I would say, yes, everything's been up and to the right. Since we started, I remember uh, my third week here, we had 27 people counting cockroaches and women with pregnant babies. And, uh, but we continued to grow even this past year. We've grown th- almost 34% in attendance. And we're so thankful that we're growing because numbers matter. So is it working? Are people coming? Or Yes, it's happening. It's working. And I believe slow growth is the best kind of growth. Uh, the things that grow fast are like weeds and cancer, okay? So slow growth is is actually really healthy growth. And I'm excited for the growth that God is bringing us. Uh, some of you have asked about our finances. Let me show you some pictures of our finances. City Life Church, our annual income has continued to increase. Um, you can see what I call the dark years, 2016 and 17, as we were purchasing this building and getting into it, um, we, we continued, though, to grow. We've never been negative. I know it's hard to see if you want these. I'm w- willing to share them to you. And then this, yeah, go back. Go, the next one's good. And now you can see our income to expense ratio. Um, you see all the way back in 2010, We operated at 92% of our budget. So we were able to save the rest, 2011, 84. um, We increased the budget and went a little over 2012. You could see going down. I don't know if you could see it very well. I know it's hard to see, but I can get you. You could see though, these past two years, even with the building transition and everything, we still operated on 89% of our budget and 91% this last year. And so we continue to increase. You see 2015, That's called purchasing a building. And so uh, literally the last day of 2015, we dropped almost half a million dollars on this building to get us into it. And so the rest of it has always been up and to the right and really proud of that. And is it working? Yes. Let me show you a quick budget of last year so you could see our expenditures. I don't know if you can see it very well, but uh, on the far right, you see staff. Uh, this was 2018, what we did with money that came in. 26% of it went to staff. The average church spends 40 to 60% on staff. We did 26%. We offer, we, we, we operate mean and lean. Um, we are gonna increase that this next year, but not to 40%. Um, the next thing is admin, 7%, every nation, which is also missions, 12% of our giving went out. Um, facility costs were 27%. Ministry, 16%. Production, 4%. And savings, 9%. So we've done everything we can to be good stewards of the money that's come in. And again, offering, operating lean and mean and moving forward because we have a vision and we know where we're going. So this next year, we're going to continue to be faithful to everything that God has given us. And you have continued to pour into us because we are about honoring God making disciples ultimately that are Christ-centered and spirit-empowered. We have, uh, Sean is going to come up and we have our worship team. I'm going to ask you guys to come up as we close today. Again, this is a little bit different message, just informing you of what's going on, but hopefully challenging you in being a purpose-driven type person challenging you to find what your purpose is. And a lot of times, if you don't know your specific purpose, you need to join a purpose that is greater than you. And that's what we wanna encourage you to do. Continue to join what we're doing here at City Life Church. Jump on board, engage, establish, be equipped, and ultimately be empowered. I wanted to end the service by praying specifically for those that have decided to go on mission and this Belfast, Ireland mission coming up. It's uh, Sarah Smith, Dusty Benningfield, Josh Gilmore King, Jamila Reed, uh, Michaela, Williams, and Sean McCoy. Uh, most of those are campus students, except for Sarah and Sean. Sean McCoy is right here and uh, a fearless leader of worship today. And we're super excited about having them here. I wanna ask you to stand to your feet. And will you join me as we pray for these guys going on mission? We've got a few other people going on missions and 10 days trips coming up. But will you do me a favor? And in our prayer time, in our worship time, help us own the vision of sending people to the nations. Help us pray and believe. How would you want someone to pray for you if you were heading to another country to preach the gospel and to help in any way that you can? We wanna honor these guys by saying, we're praying for you, we love you, we're here for you. We're excited that you sacrifice your time and your money. And what I love is most of these are college students that are going. And today in culture where people just want you to believe that all millennials are lazy and don't care about anything, where 20 year olds are just about themselves and doing their own thing. These students said, you know what? I'm gonna go be more about somebody else than about me right now. And I'm gonna be a purpose-driven person because I serve a God who came on mission for me, left heaven and the throne to come down here and even suffer and die. How could I not, if I say I'm following that God, do the same for someone else? And I want to take a second to pray for them. And then we're just going to end in worship, have a prayer, and be close today. But will you join me as we pray for those guys? And also think about where God's taking you, the mission he has you on in the workplace, in your marriage. That's not just about you, but ultimately about him and others.